Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of this new podcast called Tech Couch. It's the show where I like to talk all things tech and sit on the couch, hence the name Tech Couch. Today marks the first day of this podcast and I hope there's a little bit of every topic for people to enjoy, whether you're a mobile user or a PC user or anything in between. Thank you and this is Tech Couch. Today, the main topic of discussion will be the new Pixel 3a and Pixel 3a XL devices, the newest from the new Google Pixel line, and how it shapes up with the rest of the low-end flagship devices. Today, we will be taking a deep dive into the hardware and the software, as well as the aesthetic of all these devices and how they shape up to the rest of the low-end flagship devices, such as the iPhone XR and the Galaxy S10e. As most of you listening to this podcast already know, Google has just released a new budget version of the Pixel called the Pixel 3a in both the regular and an XL size to those with view with bigger hands like myself to compete with Apple's XR and Samsung's S10e. Out of all of these, Pixels are going to be the cheapest out of the three devices, but does the lower price mean lower end hardware? Compared to the other budget smartphones, the Pixel 3a has a 5.6-inch display, which is quite a small display compared to the newest budget flagship devices we've seen over the past few months. To put this into perspective, the Galaxy S10e screen has a size of 5.8 inches, while the Apple's iPhone XR screen size has a whopping 6.1 inches, and the iPhone 8 screen from a couple of years ago has a 5.5 inches. That's only a... 0.6 inch difference from the Pixel 3a and the iPhone 8, which came out a couple of years ago. But even though it is only $400, so it's not a horrible deal for screen size. Yet if you want a bigger one, you could opt for the Galaxy S10e or the iPhone XR, which will give you that Infinity O display on the Galaxy S10e and then the notch on the iPhone XR. The Pixel 3a is rocking a Snapdragon 670. So quite a big downgrade when it comes to processing speed, so you won't be able to run any high-end apps or anything super too complicated. But it will still be good for calls, texts, browsing the internet, maybe playing some Candy Crush here and then. I know that is a very popular game. So no 800 series like in the high-end flagship devices, for example the Galaxy S10, as well as the... Apple version of the processor with the A12 Bionic chip. This Pixel 3a also comes with 4 gigs of RAM. Not much compared to other smartphones we've seen these days coming with 8 gigs. Even computers with 8 gigs as well. And it only has a 3000 mAh battery. This Pixel is supposed to be quick charge compatible, but I have not tested it myself. From all of the reviews I've seen, it works well, but there is no wireless charging with this device which, in my personal opinion, is a big oversight. I love to use wireless charging on a day-to-day base, just slapping the phone down and it starts charging instantly. Some phones I've seen aren't able to wireless charge through the cases, which is, in my personal opinion, a big downside. Because I have a case on my phone most of the time, and I just want to be able to slap it down on the wireless charger without having to take the case off every time. I mean, this isn't all cases, but certain cases do this to the phone. I'm using a Galaxy S9 Plus with just a standard Samsung case over the back, which charges 
actually decently, but some of the other cases I've seen have not charged it. Back on the topic of the Pixel 3a, all in all, the hardware is not the latest and greatest stuff. In order to have a price of $400, Google had to cut back on some of the specifications in order to keep the price lower than the rest. Which, honestly, hats off to Google for being to create a smartphone for only $400. If you look at the iPhones and the Samsung's low-end version, those are up near more the $700 range, which is still quite a pretty penny when it comes to smartphones. You could be spending that money on a lot of other things that would probably benefit your life better than a smartphone like food like think about it we all eat food on a daily basis why not spend your 700 dollars there or you could just buy a 400 dollar pixel and then have an extra 300 dollars for food it's a great deal you could watch youtube and eat food at the same time if you're me i mean that's what i do on a daily basis anyways even though it's has some low-end specs, $400, is still a pretty good price. And as we all know, the Pixel line is best known for its camera, and the Pixel 3a is no exception. It has a 12.2 dual-pixel camera on the rear with optical image stabilization, which in my personal opinion is a very good choice. It can shoot up to 1080p video at 120 frames per second, and can even shoot 4K at 30 frames per second if you're that type of person that likes to go around shooting 4K video for your YouTube channel, maybe your blog, or anything else that you would use video for, the Pixel 3a is going to be a very nice choice if you're the type of person that likes to use your smartphone as a camera. And though with the rear 12.2 megapixel on the back, it doesn't sound like that much, Google loves to make up for their beautiful camera in the software department. When you take a photo, Google is able to do a whole lot of magic in the background via the software to make sure that you can get the best image experience possible, even going so far to show off their night sites and all of their advertisements. I don't know about you listeners out there, but personally I've been seeing a lot of Google Pixel 3a ads, and a lot of them are dissing the iPhone XR camera. As you can see in some of the images, if you Google this, you will see the Pixel 3a picture supposedly shot in the dark. It's very vivid, all the colors are popping, and it looks like an overall good photo. But if you look down below that to the iPhone XR, you can hardly make out any of the people in the picture. It's overall not a good image experience. So the Pixel 3a really shines here, and as well as the rest of the Pixel devices have all had very good cameras in terms of software and hardware both coming together to create that best image feel. Some miscellaneous things that you will also receive with the Pixel 3a is a headphone jack. I don't know about you guys out there, but I use Bluetooth headphones on maybe a daily basis. They're on my head right now as I'm recording this podcast. But every now and then those headphones die, which is the bad problem about Bluetooth headphones, battery life. You'll use them, you'll forget to charge them, and then one day you'll go to use them again, and they'll be dead, and you'll have to charge them for a good 30 minutes when you need your headphones right then. That's why I also have a pair of wired headphones right next to me. Whenever my Bluetooth headphones battery runs out, I can just take these, plug them into the phone. That's a great option to have. And I personally love the headphone jack. I know some people would disagree with me. Apple, in particular, removing it on all their devices. But I just think that the headphone jack is a great thing to have on a smartphone. 
And as I said again, the phone is supposedly quick charge compatible with all of the reviews and videos I've seen. That seems to work very well, but no wireless charging. $400, all the specs, great camera. I mean, if they wanted to throw in wireless charging, it would probably only cost them, what, 10 bucks more? But Google, to keep this uh, low-end flagship device and to make people buy their 3 rather than just their 3A, had to get rid of some of the perks so that they could still make the big bucks from the 3 and the 3XL. So, all in all, if you're looking for a smartphone, you need to make calls, send texts, surf the web, play a couple of lower-end games, no Fortnite on the Google Pixel 3a, because Epic Games does not want to put it in the App Store for some reason. You should go for the Pixel 3a. It's... It's a great choice when it comes to a low-budget phone with all of the things you need to go through your daily day life. Now, again, if you're looking for a phone that you're going to run your life off of, do all of your work on, the Pixel 3a is probably not the best choice. For that, I'd recommend the S10e. I'm just going to let you guys know on this third podcast, I am a huge Android guy. I am not a big fan of Apple. I feel like Apple's brand has become more of an ecosystem rather than the hardware and software really developing. But that's just my personal opinion. All you Apple folk are readily accepted on this podcast. But all of my Android guys out there, res- mad respect to you guys. And this would be a perfect time just to let you guys know, if you're an Android or an Apple person alike, we do have listener support enabled for these podcasts. So if you'd like a quick monthly donation, doesn't have to be anything more than a dollar a month to support this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. I'm just a kid sitting on a couch talking about tech in my basement. So any money that I can take in order to really boost this podcast up would be a great help from you guys. Thank you. Well, I feel that I've covered the Pixel 3a enough. It might be starting to bore some of you guys. So I was thinking we move up to some other topics. Staying on the same Google track as of right now, I have an article open from The Verge saying that Google is also working on some prototypes for a foldable smartphone as well. They're trying to copy, it looks like, the Samsung Galaxy Fold and the Huawei Mate X ideas and hopping on that foldable phone bandwagon. According to the interview with Mario Cuerzos, I'm sorry if I butchered that name, I don't think he's going to be listening, but still sorry anyway, from Google Pixel's development team, he says, We're definitely prototyping the technology. We've been doing it for a long time. However, I don't think there's a clear case use yet. This means we shouldn't get all up amped up for a foldable Pixel yet, but in the coming years, we could expect some more from Google. And I think that it's, they're going to be doing a really good job there and going to produce some quality product, which we will be able to enjoy. Let's just hope that they're able to pack the same camera punch they do on their Pixel line and this foldable phone. One more topic. Well, that's all I have for the foldable phone. Let's move on to some internet topics. 5G internet. We're starting to see it all over the place. Whether you're watching TV and you see an AT&T ad for their 5G network, or you're just surfing the tech world and seeing 5G internet pop up all over the place from things like Huawei and Verizon and other carriers that are looking to provide it in the future. Well, I'm just here to tell you guys, don't get too amped up for it yet. 5G is not ready yet. 
we're still having the 4G connections and anybody that's promising you 5G at the moment isn't giving you the full truth. Just an example here, if you watch an AT&T ad for their new 5GE mobile network, notice how there's an E at the end. That means it's not true 5G. If you look at the 5 print during the commercial, you'll even see that it's just a 4G network that they've scribbled over and written a 5G next to it. That's why they have to add that legally little e next to it to make sure that they don't get sued by anyone thinking this is actual 5G. So if you're trying to buy a 5G phone, for example, the Galaxy S10 5G, that's been getting a lot of traction now. I suggest you wait for a little bit until the actual 5G networks are ready so you can fully embrace the full capacity of that 5G network. And it's something you see more and more of these days. Tech companies promising you the latest and greatest product, but when you really get it in your hands, it doesn't perform the way you want it to, which is not a great thing to be seeing these days. I mean, if you're a little kid and you're watching these ads thinking, hey, I'm going to get the best experience here, then you finally get it after waiting patiently for so long, and it's not what it's promised, it gets you really disappointed and really upset at the tech companies for ripping you off, which would prevent you from doing a further purchase in the future. So this is not the smartest thing for tech companies to be doing, but it gets them more sales. I have another very interesting topic in the PC world today. Another article from The Verge titled, Lenovo shows off the words first, foldable PC. That's right, folks. We had the foldable phones. Now we're moving straight up to the foldable PC realm. I'm clicking on the video as we speak right now. There's a quick Skittles ad with a man milking a giraffe. I don't quite know what that has to do with any tech stuff, but it was surely interesting. As I'm watching this video about the folding PC right now, one thing that really sticks out to me is going to be the giant crease down the center. It's like super obvious where the crease is, just like we saw in some of the Galaxy Fold unboxings back when the reviewers still had them and it's very pronounced this pc all in all looks very nice it has a type c connector i'm not seeing an hdmi but it opens up like a book which is a very cool design it's running windows 10 from what i can see right now i don't know if it's full windows 10 or surface windows 10 quite yet but it is nonetheless a very cool design I'm stopping the video right now, going to read on to the rest of the article. It says that Lenovo has been developing this for over three years and has planned to launch a finished device in 2020. It looks like it's going to be part of the premium ThinkPad X1 brand. The goal here is to provide a premium product that will be a laptop class device, not an accessory or a second computer like a tablet might be. All in all, I think Lenovo is doing a very cool thing right here, making it so that you have a fully functional laptop, but with the portability of, let's say, an iPad or a tablet. But why a folding PC? The answer is largely portability, like I just said. The result is a 13.3-inch 
to the third, it looks like it says. I'm not 100% sure. But it said 2K OLED display. 2K. I mean, we've seen it. We've gone past it. We have 4K displays now. I mean, it's still going to be a good display as far as foldable PCs go. But we could do better. I'm, I'd always recommend, as of right now, just get a laptop rather than pay a premium price for this so-called premium device, which is going to come out in 2020. But who knows? They might make more advancements to the display in the coming years. It says it's about as big as a hardcover copy of one of the larger Harry Potter books, which I think is a great reference. I mean, who hasn't read Harry Potter? If you haven't, I highly advise you stop this podcast or finish it through and then donate, if you know what I mean, and read one of those Harry Potter books. It's a very good read. Uh, The person in this article tried out a functional prototype, and from the looks of it, they enjoyed it very well. It's a very cool design and a very cool idea that Lenovo is proposing here. I think all in all, when the years come by, when they're finally ready to release it, it will be a hot product. But still, going to wait for some more hardware and spec updates before I would fully recommend this to anybody. We have two more topics for this podcast today. The first one is going to be Nest and how it is no longer a single company. As most of you maybe have already known, some of you haven't, this is kind of a smaller company, but the Nest doorbells, those type with the camera in them, as well as the rest of the home systems, have been bought by Google. And they have been bought by Google for now, though, but they were still two separate companies. Well, from the recent Google I.O. developer session, it has now turned into Google Nest. So Google and Nest have combined into one company so that Google could more hands-on watch the development of these mm, video doorbells and home systems, maybe even add Google Assistant to them, like the Amazon Alexa, but for your home. It could be a beautiful design, or it could be a total crap show. We don't know yet. We're waiting for more information. That's what I really like about tech. You don't know what's going to happen. You just have to wait and see. It either can be really good or really bad. So, time for the final topic of the day. And finally, more Google Play Store news. If you've been following tech news, you know that Google Play Store is notorious for having bad apps that will take control of some of their users. Even one scandal where they overlaid ads so that they may make as much revenue as possible from users that may have installed their apps and ran them for a certain period of time. Well, it looks like Google Play is back in the news again, even nagging some of its users to get rid of old apps that may be doing the same thing. Personally, I think Google Play should just really crack down on the types of apps that they let into their Play Store. If you've ever scrolled through it, there are millions and millions of apps. Somebody's got to be keeping track of what goes in and what is able to be installed. And I feel like they should have a more fine-tuned security system for this so that way people don't get ripped off in the coming run. Okay, that is it for our first episode of Tech Couch. I hope you all enjoyed this, and please go ahead and send us an email at techcouchofficial at gmail.com for any stories that you want to hear in future podcasts. 
one more time if you would please donate to this podcast i know i've asked maybe like three times already but we're really trying to get a good audience support from this so that we may be able to offer you the best experience in this podcast possible thank you my name is jacob and thank you for listening to this podcast bye The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.